Well, good morning, everyone. But I thought last night was a good service. We are trying to figure out what the Lord wants us to do in these services. And uh, if I could hear a voice, it'd be nice. If I had an angel come and talk to me and tell me what to do, it's nice. So what we are doing right now is we're trying to feel the spirit and see where we will go. Uh, we can organize a mechanical way of doing things and then it does not really bring the spirit in. I looked at the congregation last night and some of you looked like you just came out of zombie land, like you're paralyzed. You can't get your hand up and COVID-19 has done you in. The other thing that can dullen your mind is that if you're on the internet, way up in the nights and you're watching things, um, uh, you're going on YouTube to find out what the Lord wants to tell you. You'll never find the Lord on YouTube. Google is not an angel of the Lord. And uh, when you go out there and pick up all kinds of conspiracy theories, it can affect you. What you need to do is look at your leaders and follow their example. Uh, concerning the vaccine, am I vaccinated? Yes. Double vaccinated? Yes. Do I have this passport they're giving? No, but I have my little vaccine um, receipt uh, laminated just in case they open the border that we can go. She and I are heading across with our little receipt showing that we receive uh, both shots of um, um, Pfizer. What's the vaccine? Yes, and, and so I don't go on the internet to find out who is saying what. I really, really trust God to give us messages. And so last night when the service got a hold of moving into the right direction and Brother Sam was finished preaching, uh, ordinarily we'll ask Brother John to get up, but last night I felt like that worship, that song we were singing brought up sweet spirit into this building and uh, it is sad if the spirit is there and because you are not having a boogie woogie you can't move we need to let our senses exercise to discern when god is in the service and get involved it is more difficult when you're viewing us online when you're following us online Unless you're really spiritual and set your mind in order to connect with us, um, I want to tell you, without the Spirit of God, you will not progress if you're a part of the body of Christ. Without the genuine Spirit of God directing you and leading you, you will not progress. You know, the Bible says, Honor the Lord, and so shall you be established honor his prophets, and so shall you prosper. Right. And it is sad that we live in an age where we get direction, we direct ourselves, we do all kinds of things, except depending on God to give us direction. I would like us, when we come to church, don't let the mask hinder you. Uh, let, let us worship God. 
uh, when we're singing, pour your soul out to the Lord. I'll talk more about this later on. But we're getting into a, co a worship service here. And I want us to be prepared to enter into the presence of God with our hearts and our spirits. Amen? Let's all pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the privilege that you've given to us that we can come here and worship you, Lord. And so uh, we ask your blessing on this service, not, not only to educate us, Father, but to inspire our hearts that we will respond appropriately to your spirit, Father. Touch us, we pray. In Jesus' wonderful name we ask it. Amen and amen. We go into the worship. Entrance that you have granted unto your people. 
Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Glory, glory. Amen. child of God, I am protected if I live right. If I do things that are contrary to God, then I've got to really watch out. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's good to hear voices. Um, the concept of worship, we somewhat have lost our reality to some of these areas. Over the, over the pandemic season. Um, Brother Sam made a statement, and I appreciate his words last night, but he made a statement that COVID-19 has not affected him negatively. Well, I said that also, COVID-19 has not affected me negatively. As a matter of fact, um, I look back over the past almost two years, and I'm more, I'm closer to God today than I was before this pandemic started. Amen. There are adjustments I've made in my life and there are things that I avoid in my life that is all to my spiritual development. And I praise God for that. In other words, the pandemic did not send me into a frenzy or a frantic position. The pandemic was God's way of using it to bring understanding and the clarity in my mind of how important it is, whether it's a person or a nation, to serve God. The message I've preached over the past 40 years in this assembly emphasizes the importance of church attendance. And if there was a time that the devil really successfully played with the minds of the saints to have you to come to the place that you feel that church was not important, I have said over and over again that in over 40 years being here in Canada, I did not miss more than four services. I don't know what it is to miss church. Uh, this assembly and the God's working in my life here in Mississauga, this assembly has become a place where I have grown in God. It has become my wilderness 
for the Lord to remove from my life customs and pagan ideologies that I cherished for years. And so today I'm here to talk to you and I feel like a talk that I'll give you today must be a practical one to help us to worship God in a better way, in a, more, a way that he would be pleased with. Like I said earlier, I wish I could knock on heaven's door and an angel comes down and talk to me. Every day in my little devotion, I ask God, can you please make yourself more real to me than before? And then when I'm thinking I need to see a vision, he draws back the curtains and he showed me how many times Sister Chandri could have died, but she lived. He showed me how many times he worked miracles in Nadine's life, and she lived. And more than all, how many miracles he has worked in my own life, not only here, but since I was a kid. Uh, many, many instances when I should have died and he saved my life. So do I really want to see a vision? No. If I were to ch was to choose a path that God will lead me on, it would never be a smooth one. It would be one that is rugged because that's where I learn my lessons in life. Uh, recently, I received a message from a brother in South Africa. And he sent a message to me and he says, Brother Singh, in your message... You, you made a statement that um, stormy waters um, produce skilled sailors. And now I've said that statement over and over again because Sister Chandri told me that when we were not even married. And he says, can I use your statement to write a song? So I wrote him back. I said, sure, go ahead. And next thing I knew, I had a song taped and sent to me about stormy waters. And I think it's a beautiful song. I'd let Nadine sing it one day. But very simple, with a little African dialect, was a song written. And there are people around the world that's affected by the messages I preach here in this assembly, some negatively, some positively. Last night I was reading a sister's note that there is a brother in her church that when he hears Brother Singh or Brother Richard, he gets angry because he don't believe in discipleship and that kind of message. He believed that the church ought to be a lighter place, a place where people can do whatever they want. In this church, I promote discipleship uh, to, the, to a very great extent. It's not what you want or what I want. It is what God demands. And discipleship is a demand for every child of God. Uh, when you sit down and you draft out your own life and you make your own plans, uh, you would always end up in trouble. Believe the Lord, and so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, and so shall you prosper. I preach the word of God, and when I preach the word of God, I told a sister last night that was chatting with me, she says, you know, I, I, can, I know the word of God. I said, you mean you know the scriptures? Uh, she said, yeah, uh, you know, and we struggle a little there. I said, because this is scriptures. Uh, most, a lot of individuals around the world are destroyed by this book I hold in my hand. Denominations that are contrary to God are destroyed by this book I hold in my hand. 
having this book in my hand could, it could be a weapon for my destruction or it could be a life-saving experience that changes my life and draws me closer to God. So his word has become a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And that is why today I want to spend a few moments here and talk to you about the important of wor- importance of worship. Everybody say worship. worship. You see, worship has been, uh, has been abused over the years. Everyone wants to worship God according to how their denomination or organization determines God to be worshipped. Well, that's not what God says. Uh, in the commandments, and we look at some of this, I, I don't plan to get into Exodus, but in Exodus, uh, the Lord was giving the commandments to Moses. The uh, 20th chapter of Exodus, the Lord was giving the commandments to Moses. And I want you to follow me carefully here today, because when we come from now on into church, uh, we're, to, we're to honor God and worship him. Worship is not intended for your personal pleasure or my personal pleasure. When we come into the church, when the Jews went into their temple to worship God, it was not for them to feel goosebumps. It was for them to give honor and glory to a great and majestic God. Uh, What he wanted was important. And here in Exodus, the 20th chapter, and God spake all these words, verse 1, saying, I am the Lord thy God. I like that. I am the Lord thy God. And that should be emphasized over and over because God must be God and held in reverence as God. Uh, We must honor God, not honor ourselves and our desires. But getting back to the concept here, we are to preach a gospel that pleases God. We are to preach his word. When I take scripture and bring it to life, it becomes the word of God. It becomes a critical uh, issue in your life when you're sitting down listening to that for you to follow that. And that is what is important. And in my life, last night I had a dream, and I dreamt we were in, uh, like it was in Guyana, we were in Guyana, and some people were living in the community, and I'm sitting in the house, and Chandri was there, and we're sitting, and a Muslim lady came in with her daughter because she wanted her daughter, little girl, uh, to uh, stay with us while she was going somewhere. Uh, So we're neighbors, right, in the dream. And the little girl came on in, and she looked at everybody in the room and she came to me. And she lay her head on my, on my bosom. And uh, everybody says, it seems like she knew you. I said, no, she just feels there was a warmth coming from me. There was something different. And that reminds me of how many people I encountered that their lives were turned around and changed. I look at Brother Hammond at the back. And Brother Hammond and his family are in church today because I had breakfast at McDonald's one morning. And I went there. Remember that time, Brother Hammond? I'm reading. And then he came one day to me and he says, and he introduced himself, long story short. uh, Before you know it, his family was in church. And there he is sitting. 
there was something that worked in his spirit when he met me. And I pray that that will remain in his heart, that he would never lose it. Uh, Hans, when he saw me at Parkway Place, there was something that worked in his spirit. Erica, that passed down the street where I live, she saw me and something worked in her spirit that she actually got healed from a serious depression. Uh, it's not that I have the power of God, but if I'm a child of God and I'm representing God, what I say is important. And the people that believe what I say will prosper. Spiritually, you will grow in God spiritually. Your life will become easier uh, to serve God in spite of the negatives. And someone says, well, uh, the Lord is able to protect all his people. I said, yes, he is. And that is why when you read Hebrews 11 chapter, some lived in caves and dens of the earth, uh, having nothing to wear and nothing to eat. Uh, they lived in poverty. Some were slain with the sword. Some were martyred for the sake of the gospel. Where was God? He is always the same place. He was. Whatever process God is taking you through, if you're an elect child of God, it is meant to save you. Don't fight him. It is meant to make you stronger in God. The negatives are given to, to cause you to serve God. You don't serve God at your convenience or you make your own agenda to serve God. Discipleship is a reality. And while some people get blessed with the messages, some people get upset and they run. I've had people threaten me without even me me ever meeting me before. Uh, it's because the spirit... Uh, is there and if you have demonic activities working in your life you would not like uh, the mess message I preach and so here God is particular about his people in Exodus and when he brought them out of the land of Egypt he's bringing them out of the land of Egypt and that is good for them 400 years in a pagan country they did not even know what God's name was when the Lord tell, told Moses, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go, he said, what's your name? Who shall I say send me? And the Lord, you know, it's something to be concerned about. The Lord says, I am what I am. Go tell him I am has sent you. And so people make a religion out of that. But the Lord, to get his people sanctified from the spirit of Egypt, they need an environment that was controlled by the commandments of God. Amen. His laws were given to his people to keep them online serving God, to eliminate paganism and pagan customs of the Egyptian and to save them. And so he gave them this commandment and I don't want the whole thing. Verse 1, it says, I'm the Lord thy God which brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Now, I could rephrase that and say, the Lord thy God has brought you out of apostate Christianity and out of pagan religions. Then serve him by giving up some of the customs of the past. And it is very important that we in church find out what God really wants. And that is why when I think of that service last night and where it was going, I felt it was time for us to start changing around our services to accommodate worship. 
But is there any grace of God that the devil has not perverted? Now, okay, so here God said in verse 3, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That is the first commandment. He says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Now, in this day and age we're living in, idolatry and God's imaginary gods, uh, prof professional gods, could be established in your life. That day you end up and worship your job, you worship your family, you worship your environment, you worship things that draw you away from God. It's called idolatry. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Doesn't change. You could be worshiping the simple internet. You could be worshiping your education. You could be worshiping your husband and wife. You could be worshiping your children or grandchildren. Make sure whatever we do, God sits on the highest pedestal in our lives. And when anyone threatens that position, don't yield to that. Right. Challenge it. Mm -hmm. Because here we are to serve God. And then he goes on here and he says, Thou shalt make unto thee, uh, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images of likeness of things in the heavens or things on the earth or in, that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself unto all of this that's around us today. If, uh, if we're to be saved, God must isolate us. In order for us to be able to come to the place of worshiping God, we must have the concept of who God is and what he demands. Yes, Over in Leviticus, and I think I want the uh, Leviticus, the 16th chapter, 18th chapter of Leviticus. In the 18th chapter of Leviticus, <clears throat> the Lord is making some statements here. And we must bear this in mind as we go through this lesson today. He said here in chapter 18, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and say unto them, I am the Lord your God. See that statement? I am the Lord your God. As you read Leviticus, you will find that the Lord makes that statement over and over, because individuals need to know, I am that the Lord is the Lord our God. And he alone must be placed on the highest pedestal in our lives. He goes on, he says, after the doings of the land of Egypt. This is emphatic, very strong, very commanding. He says, after the doings of the land of Egypt, Wherein you dwelt, where you're coming from, shall you not do. And after the doings of the land of Canaan, where you're going into, shall you not do. Now, we're not Israelites coming out of the land of Egypt. But here is what I want to bring to your attention. Israel was taken physically out of Egypt and put in the wilderness for God to sanctify them from the mindset of the Egyptians. And he told him, when you get into the land of Canaan, a bunch of other idolaters are there. Don't go follow their ways. Now, you and I are left in the land of Egypt, 
and in the land of Canaan. And while we are living in this land, we are told not to follow their customs and not to be indoctrinated with their ideologies. It is absolutely necessary for you and I, in order for us to worship God, we need to take out all the other negative worships that we accommodate in our lives. We need to put God on the highest pedestal. If you don't pray every day, first thing in the morning before you do anything else, get on your knees or get in a little corner of your house and talk to God, you might be worshiping idols right sitting in this church and you have idols in your heart. The thing is, it is important for God to be on the highest pedestal in your life. Everyone in the church need a personal relationship with God for themselves. We need to have not only a conversion experience that we probably had one day in our lives in the past, but we need a continuous conversion and a sanctification in our lives that after uh, the past year we can say, I've drawn closer to God. And it is necessary for us not to allow the ungodly to influence us. The Lord is the Lord our God. And the Lord is telling Israel this, and he says, he says in verse uh, 3, he goes on here, in verse 4, he says, You shall do my judgments and keep mine ordinances to walk therein. I am the Lord your God. Don't forget, I am the Lord, your God. See, I stand here not representing the Singh's family. I stand here not representing myself. I'm here, and I pray to God every day. I ask God that you please touch my mind and touch my mouth, that I'll never utter things that I have to apologize for, I've given the people wrong doctrine or wrong advice that I'll have to make an apology for. Lord, please help me to present your word just like you wanted preached. And I've come through a lot in my life. Coming down from where I'm coming up to this point in life. And it will be sad if I become a part of an organization or a fellowship or whatever we belong to that is already accommodating pagan customs for me to join up with that. We have an enemy that is subtle. We want to worship God and serve him only. Are you listening to me? God is a jealous God. He will judge us, not only our generation, but the second and third generation of them that disobey him. It is time that we allow COVID-19 to be an eye-opener. And the sister I was talking to, uh, she made some statements, you know, you know, this is a big judgment, as it says. This is kid stuff in comparison to other epidemics, uh, pandemics that, uh, it, that circled the world. I said, do you know, and I hope I'm right on this statistics, do you know that AIDS killed more individuals than COVID-19 did? AIDS. 
Do you know the Black Plague, I think, took about 200 million people, died under it. This is a small judgment of God on the earth. The worst is still to come. And if you can serve God faithfully amidst this judgment, what has hindered you? Well, the problem is one of the reasons why people during the pandemic left the church is because they were never converted to begin with. They occupy a bench, they occupy a pew, they occupy an office, but we need to be converted. We need to have an experience where God saves us from our sins and gives us a spiritual, not education, but an illumination of the heart. And I pray, I pray for the kids of this church to be converted. I can do that. God has to do that. I can force them into a mechanical thing. I can get, uh, get uh, uh, Timothy and James and, and JJ and some of the boys come and tell them what to say. And when they say some gibberish, tell them they got the Holy Ghost. And we continue faking our religion. I can't do that. Over my dead body. So I asked God every day to help me. And the Lord told them not to follow these ways. He says in verse 24, Defile ye not yourself in any of these things. For in all these things the nations are defiled, which I cast out before you. In the and the land is defiled, therefore I will visit the iniquity thereof upon it. And the land itself will vomit the inhabitants out. Have you ever seen a land vomiting inhabitants out? destruction is coming and people got to get in their car and flee and when you flee from the snare you might end up in the pit what we need is an experience with God that will give us direction yes, sir. we don't need the internet and some unconverted person telling us what to do Amen. that's why we've got this church that is why you need, if you're not here during the service, to log in to every service and join it with a spiritual perspective. Otherwise, you listen to my voice and you'll damn your soul. I have not changed for the worse. I have changed for the better. My convictions are still strong. And then the land, the land it says, for all the, all the abominations... Have the man, verse 27, of the land done, which were before you, and the land was defiled. And so what did the land do? Verse 28, the land spewed not you out uh, when you defiled it, as it spewed the nations that were before you. As individuals are judged, our actions are determining whether we'll be judged or not. Chapter 19 uh, is really what I want to get into a little bit here. Chapter 19, verse 1, the Lord spake unto Moses. Now, I'm not a Jew, and you're not a Jew. But we're looking at this example of the Jewish nation, God's own people, and see how he has dealt with them in the past. When I open my Bible, I'm looking at the vicarious experiences of individuals, and I don't want to fall into a trap that the devil has placed for them, uh, that he placed, placed for them to place in my life. I look at the examples of scripture. I don't want to do what David did negatively. I want to do what he did positively. 
I want to follow Solomon's ways that be in the Lord, not his ways that went after strange women and strange gods. I'd follow the Apostle Paul, but there are things I read about that man that makes me shiver in my bones because he says the things that I would do, I find myself not doing what things, Paul? Well, if the Lord wanted me to know, you'd have put it there. But it makes me examine myself. Am I doing all the things that God, that pleases God? Or are there things I'm doing that does not please God? And so, I use Paul now as a good excuse. I have not yet apprehended that which the Lord has apprehended me for. What are you doing, Brother Singh? Forgetting the things which are behind. And reaching forth unto the things which are before. And pressing towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And so when we understand this. Uh, the Lord says here. He talks I'm the Lord. Uh, your God. He says in verse 3. You shall fear every man his mother and his father. And keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. You know he says this all through this chapter. And I'm just going to re repeat these areas. Uh, whatever he's saying here, he says in verse 4, Turn you not unto idols, nor make to yourself molden gods. I am the Lord your God. Verse 10, the last part of verse 10, he says, I am the Lord your God. He keeps reminding them, I am the Lord your God. In verse 12, last, last part of that verse, I am the Lord your God. Verse 14, the same thing. Verse 16, the same thing. Verse 18, the same thing. And then he comes down here in verse uh, 26. He says, you shall not eat anything uh, with, with blood. Neither shall you use uh, enchantment nor observe times. He says, people, are you coming in there? Uh, he says, you're coming in. You shall not eat things that are polluted out there. He says he's telling Israel, and I'm looking that as an example, you can't use enchantments. And today's world, and I ask the Lord all the time, please give me some money to move this cross from behind me. Because a cross on a little chain is like an enchantment. They're little amulets, and little icons, people walk around and they feel that that's going to protect them because where they're coming from, you know, among the heathen, where I'm coming from, when a baby is born, they put a little string on the baby's hand and put something in there that the priests call tabish. I don't know if that's even the right word. But the Guyanese term is tabij. They put a little thing there on black and white beads that when people look at the child, it, that's paganism. I remember when moving into the neighborhood we lived in, in Williamsburg, but Sinbad was my neighbor. He was not a part of us at that time. He was Sinbad the tailor at that time. But we moved in there and Nadine was a baby. Uh, she was born, she was a little girl, baby. And when I moved into that neighborhood, uh, there was a lot of pagan customs in that neighborhood. Right, Brother Sinbad? Yes. And Sinbad's mom looked at me and she called out to me. She says, Desmond, you got a nice little baby, girl. But you know, there's a lot of evil spirits here in this area. Don't hang the child's clothes out at night. 
She called the local term, she says, Jumbi, who would get the child. What did I do, Chandri? The very next night, I took all of Nadine's clothes, washed them, and hung them out in the night. Because I'm not to follow the customs of the heathen. When I was small, I never did that. Why should I do it today? Why should the devil, with subtlety, bring in a custom into the church that we want to follow that God disapproves? Did Jumbi hold a child? No. God protected her, and there she is today. I believe that there is a God we serve. And I believe if I walk right and live right, and I do that which is right, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, that God will protect me. And here is something that's very important. And chapter 20, I'm just coming over here to verse 30 of chapter 19. He says, you shall keep my Sabbaths, the Lord says, and reverence my sanctuary. See, this is the sanctuary, and when this whole thing is over, and the mask is over, and the sanitizing is over, and we are back to normal, like we can worship God, I want this sanctuary to be a place of reverence. I like the service last night. I like how it ended last night. I like the spirit I felt here this morning. And we want to start to reverence God's sanctuary we want to do that which gives him glory, not because I want a goosebump. What I feel is irrelevant. Enter into his praises, into his courts with praises, and into his, into his gates with praise and into his courts with thanksgiving when you feel good. No, there's no commandment as how you feel. When you enter into his presence, you need to praise him whether things are going south. David said, I'll bless the Lord at all times. You have to learn to open your mouth and worship God. Amen. Try that again. You have to learn to open your mouth and worship God. Amen. And the devil will still try to pervert that. And I'm going to do my best to undermine his workings in this assembly. And he goes on here, reverence my sanctuary. In verse 7, chapter 20, the Lord says, Sanctify yourselves, uh, therefore, and be holy from the Lord your God. And he goes on over and over again. He tells them here in verse 3 of chapter 20, uh, verse 1 of chapter 20, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Again thou shalt say to the children of Israel, Whosoever he be among the children of Israel, or of the strangers that sojourn in Israel, that giveth any of his seed unto Molech, a false god or a false system, he shall surely be put to death. You see, God had a way of eliminating pagan customs and idolatry from his land. Because we don't drop dead in the sanctuary today, we want to do whatever we want. I tell you what, maybe I'm old-fashioned, I can never come to church if I don't take a shower. Not me. Well, you shower last night. It doesn't matter. I'm going today to church. Brother Joe said, I heard some noise this morning upstairs. 
I said, that was me, Brother Joe. I didn't want to wake you up, but you heard some noise. That was me, early in the morning. And yet I came back here at 8.30 because I had to meet with someone. And this sanctuary is a place I honor. I don't worship the cross. I think it's a beautiful aesthetic setting in the church. We're not here to pray to an amulet or pray to a little emblem somewhere. We don't make this cross an idol. But because of influences and because I have a message that I need to preach that does not give Molech or any other pagan God credit, we must worship God the way God wants. Amen? Amen. We must worship God the way God wants. Over in Matthew chapter 15, Jesus made a statement, and I've got five minutes, a little over five minutes to talk to you. In Matthew chapter 15, uh, Jesus is talking to the scribes and Pharisees. Hundreds of years, these people came up with their own ideas. And because the Lord did not send a prophet from Malachi on to Matthew, we're looking at almost 500 years, no prophets came, Man wants to do religion. And the problem is, whether we are the body of Christ or any other organization we want to call ourselves, the problem is if there's no supernatural moving of God and no prophet is sent to warn God's people, people have a tendency to let a committee or a group of elders or a Sanhedrin or somebody make principles for the people. Tell you how you need a dress. It's not holiness of the heart now. It's exterior holiness. Now I believe if the heart is holy, the exterior will be holy. But for years we were like in a regiment where we were forced to put on this and put on that. And we felt that was holiness. Now holiness is a condition of the heart. And you might feel like you're okay. But if you're not according to the principles of Scripture, you're not okay. And so, here in Matthew 15, the disciples of Christ were were approached by the scribes and the Pharisees. They were the religious people of that time. Often I've asked myself, are we, the members of Gospel Assembly Church, the scribes and the Pharisees, and the Sadducees of the 21st century. They were the straightest of sect of the Jewish religion. Paul was a Pharisee. He says concerning the the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. They had some standards of holiness for the public to see. But when Paul had an experience with Jesus, There had to be an inner work of God that he realized that he died for sinners of whom I'm chief. Was he just a blatant sinner? No, there was problems inside, the roots of bitterness inside that needed to be moved out. And so when the Pharisees saw the disciples not washing their hands before their eating, they made a big fuss out of that. And Jesus made a statement here and he says, this people draw nigh unto me, with their mouth, verse 8. He says, you hypocrites, verse 7. Well did Isaiah prophesy, and I don't have time today to get into Isaiah, but in Isaiah chapter 29, Isaiah mentioned this. 
He talked about how the, the, the seers, the leaders were gone blind. You know what? Leave Matthew t- chapter 15 and turn to Isaiah chapter 29. That's where we'll read the scripture. And um, then we'll try to see how best we can bring it to a close. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him <clears throat> not in the spirit of the flesh. We have to eliminate the flesh and worship the Lord in the spirit. Brother Singh, are you against a lot of things that we do? Well, I'm against anything that's motivating the flesh. Because the flesh cannot please God. Are we going to have a band? Yes, we will have a band. Are we going to have singers? Yes, we will have a sin- a singers. What are we going to do when there's a fast song? <clears throat> well, we'll let people worship God. Are we going to do all kinds of movements? No. We will worship God and reverence the sanctuary. If what you're doing is not reverence in the sanctuary because a great king is sitting there. He's not a pagan king. He's a great king. One with majesty. We need to come to the place of honoring God. All right. And here in Isaiah chapter 29 Just a few verses, and we'll try to bring this to a close here today. In Isaiah chapter 29, beautiful chapter, uh, he says to verse 9, Stay yourself and wonder, cry ye out and cry. They are drunken. Israel was drunken, but not with liquor. You mean God's people? Yes. Can we be drunken today? Absolutely. To be intoxicated with traditions and customs of the past that's not ordained by God is not good for our spiritual progress. And he goes on here, he says, For the Lord had poured upon you the spirit of deep sleep. See, blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentile become in. And you wonder, I don't like to literalize uh, Matthew 25, But, you know, let's spiritualize it for a little bit here. The ten virgins, five were wise, five were foolish. It's really bridesmaids. But let's call them virgins, the wise ones and the foolish ones. They all, all slumbered and slept. If that parable is indicative of our present state today, I ask, is the church in deep slumber? Are we intoxicated with traditionalism and ideologies that does not bring God in a supernatural way in our midst, but we have to make it up. We have to boost it up. We have to pump it up in order to get God. We got to scream and fight and, you know, work the flesh. Well, we need to pray and ask God to lead us. And he goes on here. He says, the verse 11 he says, the vision of all is become unto them as a, book, uh, as a book that is sealed, which some men deliver to the learned, the guys who studied, you know, the doctors and the lawyers, who would not go in themselves, but would hinder the people that want to go in. He, they learn and saying, read this. And he says, I can't read it because it's sealed. Well, today's world, if Isaiah was living here today, Uh, The doctors would try to get get an interpretation because it would be embarrassing if they say, Cecile, I don't know the answer for that question. We always want to give an answer even though we don't know a thing. 
Now, I will never give you an answer that I'm not sure that is what God wants. I've got messages to preach that I haven't preached yet because I'm not ready to preach that. But I will, as God gives me the time and utterance. He says, the vision of all is sealed, and one that is learned said is sealed. The book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, read it. And he says, I cannot, for I am not learned. Not today. It says, wherefore, said the Lord, for as much as this people draw nigh to me with their mouth. There were God's people that Isaiah was sent to. They were drawing nigh to God with their mouth and honoring God with their lips. They honor me, but they have removed their heart far from me. For the fear towards me is taught by the precepts, precepts of men. I would like us to come to the place, and that is why, again, I would say I liked the service last night. And it has motivated me, time, to push the worship. Yes, sir. See, last night, whatever we did, it gave me that leverage now. It's time for us to push the service a little in that direction, not haul the service. It's not a cart that we got to haul. It's not a wheelbarrow that we push for it to move. But we can direct it and see where God is moving and have some services where people can get touched and people can get healed and we can call for a prayer line. But when it's time to worship, it's not meant for you. It's meant for God. Amen. And Jesus condemned this. He says, for in vain, Jesus said in Matthew 20, 15, he says, in vain do they worship me teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. We have to pray that God give us direction. And I need your prayer every day. Pray that God give me direction that I would only preach what God wants me to preach and direct the assembly in the way God wants me to direct it. Because we need proper conversion. We need proper direction. We need God to guide us. Jesus said to the woman of the well, he says, God is a spirit. He says, you worship, you know not what. But we, salvation is of the Jews. We know what we worship. He says, the Lord searcheth for true worshipers. And today, is God any different? No, God is not different. He's looking today for true worshipers. May God help us. May God direct us. And this streaming, even though we keep our messages limited to a certain time, we will slowly start to move beyond the streaming and cut the streaming off and continue worshiping God with some choruses and songs at the end of our service so we can worship God. Uh, we'll keep it on, but people can leave or whatever, but we need to end our services with more of uh, involvement and a commitment and a dedication to God. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. For the Father, God Almighty, the omnipotent, omniscient God, seeketh such to worship him. I'm glad you're here today. And I'm glad for everyone listening to us today. And I pray that God will continue to direct us and guide us in this way. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this another day in your house. We pray, Father, that you will continue to guide us. Lord. I'm frail. I'm just a frail human being. Lord, it's not able to do anything without your help. Guide us today. Help us to lead this congregation. 
to preach a message that you would want us preach, Father. Lord, it's not by human might nor human wisdom, but it's by your Spirit. Help us to worship you as you would determine, not what tradition wants, but what you would want, Father. Help us to see the difference with what is good in tradition and what is not, what is just man-made in tradition. Give us that discerning, O Father, that we'll see the difference, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask it. Touch your people, touch every sick individual. O Lord, lift every spirit. Take away the depression of COVID-19 from our midst and give us back your spirit fresh and a zeal to serve you, Father, fresh. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen and amen.